Hello and welcome to Taboo Talk, the podcast brought to you by Boots that ask the seriously awkward health and wellness questions so you don't have to. I'm your host, Vogue Williams, and today we're talking about being sober curious, a term that refers to a growing trend of people who are choosing either to take a break from alcohol for a short period of time or even permanently. I'm joined by three incredibly inspiring guests who have given up the booze. First up is Millie Gooch. Millie is the founder of Sober Girls Society, the world's largest community for sober women. Starting university in 2009, she used binge drinking as a coping mechanism to deal with anxiety and insecurities, eventually causing financial, physical and mental health stress, which led her to quit alcohol altogether in 2018. Since then, she's become one of the leading voices amongst the UK's sobriety community, sharing her personal accounts and struggles to inspire others. Also with us today is Scott Thomas, former Love Islander, director of the social PR, businessman and TV presenter who admitted himself into therapy after a blowout that almost cost him his business in December 2019. He's remained sober ever since and started his own podcast series, Learning As I Go, sharing his self-development journey and the intricacies of sobriety as well as sharing his experience on Instagram with over 1 million followers. And we have a super special guest joining the pod today, none other than my husband, Spencer Matthews. It's common knowledge that he has had his own struggles with alcohol, so when I find out we were covering the topic on Taboo Talk, I knew we had to get him on. Thanks so much for joining me, Millie, Scott and Spencer. Please do note, as always, my guests are speaking from their own personal experience, and if you are struggling with your own relationship with alcohol, please do seek medical or professional help about how you should cope, as there can be risks involved. What do you what do you call yourself? Actually, that's a good starting Ooh, point. That's a very good starting point. Well, when I first went sober first year, I never said that I was going to be like fully sober because yeah. I didn't want to be the boring sober guy. Yeah. And then I did one year sober, then did two years of like kind of trying to find my moderation, and I went, oh no, I can't find it. So this time I've said I'm fully sober yeah. because I want to create those life skills. Whereas last time I didn't, I just went, I'm not going there, I'm not doing this. So this time, well, I'm not saying it's forever. I just want to get to a certain point in life where I want to reach my potential and then maybe yeah. go, do you know what? I can kick back and have a couple of drinks now. But for me, it was like it's stopping myself from getting there. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. that wasn't a very short answer. Well, what about yeah. you? Me? Yeah. <laughs> Are you unaware of what I am doing? Ah, Spenno, everyone yeah. else is unaware. Spenny's okay, okay. my husband, so I obviously Sorry. know. I am married to the host. Uh, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, I've been everything. I've been drunk. I've been teetotal. Uh, I, uh, cont- I'm, I'm certainly sober curious. I'm sober most of the time. So like I... I have found thankfully yeah yeah so, so I have I, I've gone from problem drinking uh, on a daily basis to the word enjoying a drink is actually even wrong to just 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 having a drink if I feel like it I suppose very irregularly to the point where I it's I no longer see it as a problem I have great balance in my life I'm able to achieve the things that I um, set myself as goals uh, fortunate to be very busy so you know mm. I think my triggers when I used to drink. Uh, excessively were, and I, I very rarely use the word trigger, but but anyway, I would drink excessively because I was bored um, and almost unambitious because I didn't love what I did at the time. I was on a reality TV show that I didn't have kind of much respect for, really. I didn't really love it, uh, and I had nothing else going on for me. I had this inflated um, ego at the, at the time and believed that I could just breeze through life and, and just drank excessively all of the time. But now with kind of responsibilities and children with you uh, and, and lots of work that I find really fulfilling uh, and 
you know, etc. I, I I don't really think about drinking that often. So you can take it or leave it, basically. Yeah. Mm. So I, I never really think about it. That's I, a new thing, though, for you. So even when we went to an event the other night and like you had a glass of champagne, I was like, oh, God, because like because you, you come mm. out and talk about being sober, that then like I know you probably don't feel it, but I'm like, oh, my God, not everyone knows. So they probably think that like he's yeah. <laughs> falling off. Oh, the I get it all the time. Something. I get people coming up to me <laughs> and I'm out going. You're drinking, you're not real. And then you look at it, it's like a 0.0% yeah. like alcohol beer. Do you know what I mean? But it's like people are always trying to catch you out. But I think I wanna I wanna kinda get to that point because I was speaking to this guy recently. He runs one year, uh, runs one year no beer. Yeah. And he drinks. I went, What? You drink and you run this? And he was like, Yeah, because I don't believe in abstinence. I want to get to the point where I've got to the point where I can take it or leave it. He says, yeah. I will get to that moment where if I go on a big night out, I'm gonna be written off for a week. He goes, How often am I gonna wanna do that? Yeah. yeah. I'm not really gonna wanna do that. So I'll think about it. And I think I don't, for me, like I can go on holiday now and not drink and I sit in a bar and I go, I don't even want to drink. I don't, but it's still that thing holding over me, telling me that I can't do it. Yeah. Where I don't want to live the rest of my life like that, if that makes we, sense. We, we were on holiday recently. Sorry, Millie. We'll no, you're all right. so we, we were on holiday recently uh, in, a, in a place where ordinarily a few years ago we would have drank every day, mm. I reckon. Mm. And we had... Well, I wouldn't have, like, let's be honest. <laughs> I'm a one-hit wonder. I can't... I'm, I've never been a, a massive drinker. Right, like, okay. Mini, I read yours and... Sorry, I'm going to go back to that name one second. No, I was just going to say, like, I, I had one glass of champagne for yeah. the entire week that yeah. we were there and so did you and it felt like a nice we little special... We felt so smug. Yeah, but, yeah, but it was like nice. a nice little special thing to do but it was kind of still in bed early and still up with the kids. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. like, I, I feel very fortunate to have found that level of balance because before I wouldn't have been able to do that yeah. like one glass would have turned into all ten nothing, yeah. Yeah. and it would have been out all night yeah. and then the following day you'd feel just just really um, like, like numbed and to the point where you almost feel like having a little beer just to kind of get through you yeah, know, that yeah. day type thing and that was the really harsh excessive cycle of, of abusive drinking that I fell into for mm. many years yeah. but I'm just not there anymore so I just feel mm. Amazing. Okay with it. Yeah. Millie, you are what I describe myself as a binge, or you were a binge yeah, drinker, yeah, you yeah. felt. Like, that's what I do. Every couple of weeks, I'm like, oh, God, I'll have a drink, but I wouldn't have one because I don't like the taste of it. Yeah. So I'll, like, nail, like, ten, and then I want to die for yeah. the next two weeks. Yeah. So I don't drink very often. But, but was that what made you want to go sober, just because you realised you were just binge drinking all the time? Yeah, I think so. And, like, kind of what you were all saying. So there is actually a theory or, like, a school of thought that some people are actually natural moderators and some people are natural abstainers. So if, like, mm. someone like me, I think I'm a natural abstainer, it's easier for me to say, no, I'm not going to have any, than open yeah. the door, have one or two, and then it just carries on mm. to three or four or five or six. Yeah. Whereas for some people, the idea of, like, going completely abstinent is just wild. So they tend to be natural moderators. Mm. So binge drinking drinking was like the big thing for me I, I like you said I wasn't even really that bothered by the taste of alcohol it was like I just want to get absolutely obliterated yeah. and then just spend the next like four to six days just completely hung over like so anxious and then just doing it all again you yeah. mentioned that you I know exactly what this feels like um, that you had anxiety yeah What's that like? The worst, the worst feeling ever. So it's, it's kind of twofold anxiety. So you've got the actual chemical effects of alcohol and the way that kind of affects neurochemistry. But then for me, I would black out. So I wouldn't remember like huge parts of my night, like you um, said, like getting yeah. home or like what I did, what I said, is everyone annoyed at me? So it was like twofold of waking up the next day and being like, don't remember how I got home. Don't remember who I spoke to. Don't remember what I said. Oh, the and then getting texts from people being like, "Oh my god, you were so funny last night." And you're like, oh my god. <laughs> but it was like awful, but also really serious. Like it, it was. It's I think dangerous I'd be as well. Now. But yeah, especially like you know, as I was like a young woman, I was not remembering how I'd got home. Like it, it had consequences for me. And looking back now, like it, it I feel like 
it's one of the best things I've ever done just to not have that worry of like kind of safety and how I got home. That's like a really big thing for me. I think yeah. it's just it's funny on that though, because I used to send texts out to people yeah. just in case. Yeah, like, I'd send like, oh, how was last night, mate? Just to see if they were still oh. speaking to me. And if they didn't reply within <laughs> half an hour, I'd be like, they yeah. hate me. That is it. I embarrass myself. Spenny, yeah. when he gave up, he'd be like, do you remember? And I'd be like, don't even <laughs> say it to me. I don't want to know. Oh, yeah. It's the, yeah. <laughs> the worst. But you say that to me as well. You're like, if I got anxious like you do the day after drinking, like I'd never drink and I yeah. don't know why I do it. So we're, I know we're talking about sober curious and stuff as well with this. Um, I just, I feel like I'm trying to, to just be more sober and, just I think I think in in reality, I'd miss it if it was forever. I, as you said, I wouldn't want I wouldn't want to feel like you can't do it, like you can mm. never do it again. Do, do you not find mm. it to be a big constraint on you to say that you'll never do it again? Yes and no. Like, and I think it's so personal. I think, and that's a big thing to note when we're talking about drinking problems and issues with drinking. Everyone's is so unique. So mm. the like treatment for it or the way people go about their drinking, everyone has different reasons for drinking, different genetic things that make up whether we want to drink more or not. So it's so subjective. So everyone should kind of like do their own thing with it. I think is like a mm. really kind I of th- big thing. To I think know. the the, I- the ideal is is having a balanced kind of healthy relationship mm. with alcohol. And just to be clear, there's no benefits whatsoever to drinking alcohol. And millions of people, particularly younger people, are completely understanding um, that in order to put their health first, alcohol is uh, is a kind of irrelevance um, to, to their lives. If you can find, most people are able to to moderate their alcohol. You know, I'm talking about kind of when you fall into really bad habits and, and it's, it's a problem and the problems are beginning to have a negative effect on your relationships and your work and your character, your personality, and it's beginning to become an issue. You know, you don't really get people that don't have drinking problems who think that they might have a drinking problem. Mm. If you think that you have a drinking problem, you have a drinking problem. You know, mm. so it's kind of like I knew I had a drinking problem. It was teetotal for three years, something like that long enough to build my business, Cleanco, mm. uh, and, and really enjoy like a prolonged stint of uh, clarity and wellness and, and, and total abstinence uh, to then be able to say, you know what, I kind of feel like having a glass of champagne with my wife or something, mm-hmm. and I'm just going to see how it goes. And so far, so good. And if I felt like it ever became a problem again, you take the foot off the gas. But I yeah. honestly feel like I've achieved balance. Oh, that's see, exactly where you are now is tr- where I'm trying to get to. So I think the main reason I stopped drinking was because I'm really driven by success, right? It's just one of my values. I want to be successful. I want to reach my potential. And alcohol was like slowing me down and it was also prohibiting me from getting there. So for me, it's like when I say I'm not drinking now, I don't want to say it's forever yeah. because I might get... It's a get, huge hill to climb. Yeah, it like, is. That, that, and you're almost, you're almost gearing up to, for disappointment. Yeah. For somebody who's so driven like you, yeah. who is so keen on success, same as me, like mm. I'm, I'm wildly yeah. driven. So to say I'm never going to touch alcohol again, you will arrive at a place probably where you'll go I probably could drink but given that I've set this in my head that I shouldn't drink and it mm. becomes this problem do you have it, a, a, like a date or a time or like you said you were sober for a year and then you're kind of toying with it like no so for this time round, I'm not even like putting a time limit on it because like I said last time I did a year and then I just basically didn't like develop any of the social skills I mm. sort of didn't go to this place um, I didn't go on well, I did go on dates and they were really tough like they're like I sober dates was, yeah so like job interviews, like really, like I've, I've kind of like mastered them out a little bit now. I don't go to the bars and restaurants. I go on like dog walks or whatever else. It's yeah. a little bit different, but they were really tough. And even now, like I went out the other night and like I rarely go to a nightclub. 
Um, but my mates dragged me out and it was just like, I was, I just didn't have no chat. And it was just yeah. like, you know, just like, but I want to develop that kind of, those kind of social skills. Yeah, you find people like, because obviously when I was pregnant, I wasn't drinking, <laughs> but I found I could stand people till about like half 11. Oh. And then I'd be like, you're unbearable. Like yeah. it's because yeah. people change. And I know that's me as well. So I'm not judging them because when I drink, I'm probably that annoying too. Oh, I was but the like, worst. Yeah. But like. Do you do you find that when you go out that there's just a point where you're like, you know, I think I have to go home. I want to be sociable, but like you're so annoying. I'm constantly going for breathers. Like I put my, <laughs> I put my seven tips out for sobriety the other day. I saw that. I, and one of them was just don't be scared to go for a little breather. I am constantly just like like having a little chat with it and I'm just getting off walking around the block yeah. just like recalibrating like having a little breathing and just going back because I cannot sit there with like intense chat for that amount of time yeah. I want to get to that point and I'm getting stronger and stronger but again last time I didn't acquire those skills whereas now I just and also confidence like I was the most confident guy in the room when I had a drink I'd be like Michael Jackson Chris Brown in the middle of the dance floor like with my top off yeah. like but now like I, people think I'm confident in so many different ways, but I'm, I don't have that natural confidence in certain situations. Yeah. Um, and I'm just trying to build that up like naturally. And I think that's what, why I call sobriety a superpower because I parted with, it, with this guy for years and I always thought he was drunk. Yeah. Like yeah. for five years, I always thought he was drunk. And then one night I went, mate, do you want this? He went, I don't drink, mate. I went, you're what? taking a piss. So I said, you've been out with us. All, all these years and you've never drank and you're that confident. And he went, mate, I'm just high off life. I went, I said, you're a superman. I said, you're a superhero. And it's like, I think to me, sobriety is a superpower. However, yeah. should you live the rest of your life with something holding over you, it's not how I necessarily want to go for the rest of my life. But like yeah. I said, I want to get to the point where Spencer is, where I kind of achieved a lot and I've seen what you've done with Clean Co and everything else. And rightly so, like, if you want to be able to have a little glass of champagne, then why not? Yeah. What made you decide to go sober? To go sober? Oh, Every Monday morning, I'd be driving to the gym, like, hungover, battered, like, why have I done this to myself again? But I was, an, I was a nightmare when I drunk. Like, people, like, I became a different person. I was, yeah. I'm so, like, calm and collected now, but when I was drunk, I was unfiltered. I was just, like, I was just, I could be quite nasty, not, like, aggressive or anything like that, yeah. but I was just, like, full on. Like, I would tell you exactly what I thought in that moment, and I could upset people. But then also the biggest moment for me was I got escorted out of one of my work events. So I've got a PR agency and we work with some big clients. And I went out the night before to try yeah. and take the wind out of my sales because I this chairman's luncheon. That's what I do. I was, everything was calculated. Yeah. Got out the night before to try and um, make sure I, uh, I wasn't all pent up. And I, I basically woke up, I was late and I was pretty much half cooked when I turned up to this chairman's luncheon. And I went in there and I ended up just getting escorted out for being just so drunk. I think I had like one of the directors in a headlock, just like, you know, just like, come here you and all that. Yeah. And I woke up the next day, my team knew all about it. Like my business partner didn't want to speak to me. I nearly lost my biggest client. Oh, no. And I was just like, wow, this is just, this can't go on anymore. Because it was the, being drunk had affected my social life and personal relationships, but it was the first time it affected my, my work. And I, I had such a great year at work and it just undid everything. Mm. I was like, wow, this can't happen. So I just, I flew over to Abu Dhabi on my own. I had this moment where I was like studying the ocean. Like, you know, you just know you're going to do it this time. Yeah. And I had this pebble in my hand. I was like, I wanted to hold this pebble just to remember that feeling. I saw that post as well. Yeah. yeah. Do you know when you yeah. just want to remember it? You go, because if somebody comes over, you go, I've got goosebumps now. You go, you know, this is it. I went, I'm going to do 12 months over. I just knew it because, yeah. I, and I think I say to people say, what does it take? I say, it takes one decision, mm -hmm. but you've got to really mean it. And it sounds yeah. so, do you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. on those Monday mornings in the car, I didn't really mean it. You say it so many times, you're like, yeah. I'm never drinking again. Everyone's like, you know. Yeah. I so, say it literally yeah. every time Every I drink. weekend, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I told my friends like I actually wasn't drinking and they were like, How yeah, did you yeah, come okay. to that point though to come sober? It was kind of the 
the same. Like I just every single weekend was really destructive. Like you said, I was a different person when I was drinking. Mm. Like like now I'm quite reserved and quite chilled out and quite an introvert. You would <laughs> when you saw me on a like a dance floor, you'd be like, I don't even know that person. Like I got escorted out of Oceana in a headlock. Like that's <laughs> that was my like low oh, point. But I carried well. on. <laughs> I wouldn't leave. That, that, I would not leave the I dance feel, floor and the club was closing. I'm disappointed in my story now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> My friends had to go and ask the bouncer to remove me, and I would not leave. And I was like, I want to stay. Like, just a different person. But, uh, like, I've learned so much about the science of alcohol and the way it affects you. And, like, it literally makes you more caveman. So it makes you want to drink more, eat more, fight more, like, all of those things. And, yeah, you get this, like, they call it, like, myopic thinking, where you can only really focus on the things in front of you. So you can't think about, like, making rational decisions or the difference between right or wrong. You just think all these things are a really great idea. So that's. But it's it's difficult, though, because my best stories, though, are when I've drunk. Drunk, and I miss that little bit. Yeah. I miss the craziness. Like all my best stories. I mean, Wayne Lineker comes up to me today. and says, "You've set the record, Scott. No one's beat you. You got scored out of Ocean, uh, Ocean Beach three times in one day." And I remember it. Why was he letting you back Stop. in? Yeah. Because he had to, it was my night. Did it was you my have night. Pay back in every time. So, so I used to do like um, nightclub events. That's what I used to do. I was just saying to you before. I actually um, paid Spencer years ago to come down to my night. I remember meeting him. It was hilarious. But anyway. Um, but yeah, so it, the, my my fondest moments in life, which is pretty sad, and when I'm with the boys even now, like we just talk about, do you remember when we did that? And and that's the bit where I go, I'm not going to get that again. It's really, And people go, what do you do now for fun? And I go, it's not the same. Like, yeah. I, I play paddle tennis. I'm obsessed with that. I get a buzz out of that. Like It's great. It's amazing, right? And that's the one thing that I look forward to more than anything else. And, but I don't have that same, esca- it's escapism, right? It's, yeah. it's escaping from yourself. When, when you're so driven and when you're like 100 miles an hour all the time, like, and I've, maybe it links back to being, uh, having ADHD, because mm. uh, apparently you're always in like fight or flight mode. Yeah. You don't have that natural switch off. So for I me- kind of, yeah, I, yeah. I, I like, you know that I like to, every so often it's like we call you get a goo in Ireland. That's what we say, you get the goo. And oh, it's wow. like, you get the goo. So you're just like, get the I just want to get absolutely yeah. deranged. Yeah, that's like, a great saying. Yeah, you just like, you just want to get do- the goo. I think, I think. You, you though, sorry, your sober journey was different. Like you were always a really nice drunk. Like you were never annoying. Like Spenny could literally drink two oh, bottles of wine yeah. and he wouldn't think he was wrong. I'd drink a glass Bastard. of wine and I'd have to be carried home. Yeah. Where See, I'd still just- be, if I could do that, I'd still be drinking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Vergie used to fall asleep in public sometimes. Which, yeah, it was I've always entertaining. Many a um, time. But what was I, I going to say? I think if, I, if, we, if we weren't married, like if I wasn't married to somebody that has ultimately a really great relationship with alcohol in that you don't really enjoy it, I think my journey would have been more difficult. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that you don't crack open a bottle of wine every night with dinner or whatever is very helpful to me because mm. it's not really ever in our house, mm. like, which is yeah. helpful. We, obviously the three kids and two dogs is quite hectic. My, I, I knew I had your moment of... Um, complete clarity where I knew I was going to do a really sustained length of teetotalism when it was really beginning to affect, um, like I would drink on my own, like Mm. at night. Mm. So like if you weren't around or whatever, I'd have like a whiskey whilst watching a film at home or something like that. And then like I'd have another whiskey and all of a sudden you're like going to bed drunk Mm. and it's like, why am I like, and eventually it was just kind of like, and that wasn't kind of every night, but it was you know, you'd have a few What was your moment, though, that you were... I, I'm actually trying I, to think I had, of, like, a bottle of whiskey and, like, struggled to get myself to bed one night. We hadn't even been out, like, nothing to celebrate. I think that was when I was away. Uh, uh, yeah, you were away. I think you were you were in, like, you were, like, far, you were in, like, Hong Kong. You were Hong in the Kong, state, Hong Kong maybe, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I was just, like, hammered, like, hammered drunk. 
got into bed and I remember just like waking up the next day and I was like, okay, I, I just don't, I don't need this in my life like at all. Mm. Like, what am I doing drinking on my own like this? And, um, you know, I always had jobs where like being able to handle your drink really well was a huge bonus. Like I was a trader at ICAP. Like we would we would drink five to ten pints every single day uh, and then like take clients out at wow. night. And if you couldn't do that... It, you you wouldn't get the job basically yeah, yeah, like it was a huge boozy system that made in Chelsea was pretty boozy as well and it was just kind of like breaking that bad habit also as you start to get older like I'm 35 now I was 19 then it's different mm. when I was 19 I could drink a bottle of vodka on a night out I mean, mm. absolutely no worries be up at 8 a.m. the following day no worries no hazy head like mm. I never really felt hungover uh, but like drink a bottle of vodka when you're 35 you're gonna you're gonna know about it. Yeah. Can you imagine how horrible that would feel oh, right now? <laughs> but, again, but again, do you not think the alcohol... So, obviously, because we're quite driven stuff, so my job was being a professional party boy. Yeah. Mm. So, anything I do, I want to be the best at. So, I was the craziest guy in the room. I was the guy out till midday the next day, dancing around kitchens, like because that was part of being the, the ultimate promoter, right? Yeah. Uh, and then, basically, I feel like to become that, that's what I try to do. Whereas now, when I develop, I want to become the best in, in, in my business and the industry that I'm in, that no longer, those habits no longer suited that direction. Yeah. So it's kind of like, there was always that conflict going, wait a second, people expect me to be the Scotty special. Um, the Scotty well, special? The Scotty special is the... Is that available <laughs> online? Yeah. So, well, my name on, my, honestly, my name on Instagram for years was Scotty special. I had to change it recently because that was my alter ego. Yeah. So I was clinging on. When I used to sit down with my therapist, I went, yeah, but, People expect me to be Scottish special. I actually thought when I walked in the club that everybody was looking at me, waiting for me to get on the bar and stuff like that. Like, mm. I, the pressure that I put on myself. Yeah. And now sometimes I can't live up to sobriety, Scott. Like it's almost like, do you know what I mean? Because you put so much pressure on that as well. Yeah. So uh, I think, again, I just want to get to the point where I'm just a lot more relaxed. Now I feel like when I watch mm. your stuff, you seem to be in that place where, like, you don't seem to be rest like restraining yourself. It's just yeah. like you've, you've understood who you are and what you want. Yeah, I think well, it's been so it'll be six years in Feb that I haven't drunk, and so it's that's it's amazing. taken a while to get there. Thank yeah, twenty eighteen, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. But I like you were saying about the confidence and they're not socialising. Like I think a lot of people when they first stop drinking, especially if they try with like a dry January, they're like, oh, I'm not going out, and that's all well and good. But then you're not like building those skills, like you said. It's more like isolation and the confidence. For me, I used to get all of my confidence from alcohol. Yeah. But then when you're always relying on something else, you don't build that within yourself. So mm. I literally had no confidence unless I was drinking. So, like, over the last six years, I think you build this, like, library of experiences. Every time I, like, do a festival sober or I do a wedding sober, I'm like, that's great. I can do it. And then Wedding's the next a big one. Is easier. Weddings are the biggest one because they're long. I hate they weddings long anyway. Stag dudes. Yeah. I do a stag dudes. And it's you so say much you hate weddings anyway? I hate yeah. weddings. Yeah, we do avoid if <laughs> yeah. 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 They're the hardest. I think weddings, stag dudes, hen dudes. Once you start, like, ticking them off, everything gets easier. And then you're like, I can do this. And I think you do settle into, like... It's it's my normality now. Do you find though when you all gave up drinking, like if like if I go out in Ireland and I'm literally like, no, I'm not drinking tonight. Like the amount that everyone's like, no, you are drinking. Like it's like really gonna affect their night. Yeah. Do you find did your friends or anything? Oh, at first, at first it was so difficult. People were like, why are you not drinking? But I went out the other night, yeah. and now it's been a certain period of time. People like come up to you and res like respect you so much that like, they're looking at you almost like you can see the pain in their eyes going, I want to be yeah. like you. Like, would you become your pal, the superhero? I, I think no. Um, so I think I'm, I'm on my way to getting there, but I'm not at the point where I'm literally enjoying every aspect of the night. Yeah. Like I went out there. For, and to be fair, I was at ease. I was a lot more at ease than I used to be. I had no urge to drink. Yeah. But I, I wouldn't be like dancing on the dance floor yet. 
uh, and just being like yeah. fully in the moment, which I think is a part of. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because we're friends with Steph Ellswood and she's like crazy. She's sober and she's like, you see her videos and stuff. She's always like dancing and whatever else, and she's just carefree. But I'd like to get to that point. But I think now, I think over time, yes, at first your friends will be questioning you like, why are you not drinking? But when they start to see all the progress you made, you see your business move, you see you in great shape. Everybody starts like stops asking those questions and starts I, to understand. I think most people look at sobriety as like what they're gonna lose mm. instead of what they're gonna gain. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like that's a real shame because actually mm. the gain is like anybody who's done any length of, of abstinence, you know, whether it be for a week or a month or a year or whatever, will tell you that your life like invariably changes for the better. Mm. Like there's there, there's never any negative mm. element of being sober apart from potentially feeling like you're missing out on certain social events. But that's exactly why, you know, I think we live in a really interesting time where alternatives are really good. Like yeah. non-alcoholic beer is amazing. You know what yeah. you said about um, people are starting to come up to you and be like, I want to do that. With, with like Hindus particularly, if I go there and there's like friends with the bride that I don't actually know, they start off, I know, like being a bit weird about me because they're like, yeah. oh, I'm not sure about her. She's probably going to be really boring. By the end, they're like, oh my God, like I want to be sober because yeah. like I've seen you have fun all weekend. Like how do I do that? But it's uh, like even Svenny and I, well, I did Sober October really and like I, I drank once during it but I wasn't hungover the next day so I kind of like, that doesn't count to me. I'd love to get to a point where I can drink but like I just, I don't want to be hungover the next day because it really affects your life and that mm. whole month of October, I was so smug. Like I just I did so much stuff. Oh, I was yeah. just on it. It was so good to feel like that. And it's just funny how like you can try and like toy with it. There's lots of people that will be listening to this that are gonna try and toy with being sober. I think there's a lot of people that want to. But it depends mm. how you look at growth as well. It's kind of like, you know, it used to be that we would have so much fun in inverted commas being out all the mm. time and mm. that would be considered you know, what we should be doing with our time. Mm. Whereas when you pump the brakes on the booze, you're up earlier, you've got a clearer head, you're, mm. you, you've got more time in your day. It's just interesting, like we're, we're it's the weekend coming up, it's Friday when, at the time of recording this, and we will be in bed this evening reading at 8 p.m. Yeah, and like can't wait. I can't <laughs> wait. Like I actually, I actually can't wait. I don't think it's lame. I don't no. think it's boring because tomorrow morning I'm going to wake up. It's a bit up. lame. <laughs> it's a little lame, but but that's that's if you think that drinking is cool. Which, no, but you, know. you wake up and you like and you just you've got the whole day ahead of you. There's one word, right? I have. There's a question about this, but so lots of people don't like using the word addiction. Mm. How do you feel about the word addiction and the word alcoholic? Oh, so I just did a video about this recently. Mm -hmm. um, I wouldn't call myself an alcoholic mm -hmm. because I could go a month or two months without drinking. But when I did drink, I became a different person. I'd be all or nothing. And some people would say, if you can't moderate, you are technically an alcoholic. I yeah. wouldn't define myself as one. I don't really see the value in, in defining yourself as anything like that. But I would. I, was I addicted? I think I've got an addictive personality. I think I wasn't addicted to alcohol because I didn't even like the taste of it. I was addicted to the escapism. Yeah, and I think I, and someone said this to me recently that if you don't find out what that is that's missing you know this thing I talk about what's missing you will always try to like replace that with something to the point where I was playing paddle tennis that obsessively that I literally I rolled <laughs> I, I literally put tore all my ligaments like, like I was literally becoming obsessed and yeah. I, we've got this app in it there, is so. great though yeah but it's yeah. just it, again my addictive personality <laughs> so it's like you're always trying to fill that void and, and if it's not that it's work or yeah. so I don't necessarily think I was addicted to alcohol. I would say I just got an addictive personality. Yeah, if that makes sense. I think I think the word alcoholic is 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 really filthy, and I think that it comes with images of being hammered on a park bench, you know, mm. like in the middle of the day for all to see, 
And I think that describing yourself as an alcoholic um, could actually stop the majority of people who think they might need help from seeking the help that they, they want because mm. it's a huge step to throw yourself into that space of being an alcoholic. I think if you want to look at me and my drinking habits and call me an alcoholic, fine. If I were going to see someone on Harley Street and they say, oh, you're an alcoholic, no worries. I don't really care like mm. what I'm called or, or how it's phrased, but I think the majority of people probably would feel uh, that they would not want to be described as an alcoholic. Mm. Um, and I think that, uh, yeah, I think alcohol dependency is certainly one thing and that is not to be taken lightly and, you know, those people need all the help that, that they can get and that that's a very serious issue. Uh, but I think just just the, the word alcoholic is misused mm. and I think it's um, should change if yeah, possible. Sense, not yeah. quite it's sure how to change it. But it some change. people find having that label really empowering. So some people I speak to when I kind of say, oh, we should be moving away from that, are like, no, that's my label and I want to use it. And for once I'm kind of owning that I've got this problem with relation, like problematic relationship with alcohol so it's hard to then say you can't use that label so i think yeah. it's about people using the label that like fits them and can, the, can the i ask label. a question because you went sober in 2018 yeah and i think right now there's a bit of a social um a sobriety awareness now it's almost becoming a little bit cool yeah. to be sober whereas when very you, cool Scott. yeah yeah when you yeah. did it though Not have cool. you seen the ch- <laughs> have you seen the change over time yeah a hundred percent. I think so. When I first, the, the the place I see it most noticeable, when I first stopped drinking, I was single. So I was on the apps. And people's responses Ooh, when, I, like, strangers, <laughs> when I tell them I didn't drink five and a half years ago, it was like I'd grown a second head. Like the amount I'd be fuming of, if I turned up to a date. Yeah, like, so oh my God, like so boring. Can't believe like just Can awful things. <laughs> no, but I'm yeah, And That's literally, I, like I used to tell people not now. because I'd be worried about their reaction like on the day but then I was single again like three years later I went back and it, I said it's like six degrees of sober separation now everyone knows a sober person you're like yeah, oh, I don't drink yeah. and they're like oh my friend doesn't drink or my uncle back doesn't back then though you're right like, but yeah, yeah back then and there also weren't alternatives either so I literally mm. had like, I'm not going to say the brands but like a really awful non-alcoholic beer or Diet Coke those are literally yeah. the choices I, I think it's moved from being a trend to a movement yeah like, yeah. like, like it's it's very accepted now to, to not drink I mm. think and I think it's evident everywhere like we sometimes have people coming around for Sunday lunch and my parents will like come over. Like, we never have wine. There, there, there won't people be, are like, where's the wine? Yeah. Like, I just didn't even think about getting no, no, wine. It's not even where's the wine. Like, we'll even say, like, does anybody want some red wine right. with, with lunch? And literally everyone just goes, no, I'm fine for that. Yeah. And, yeah. like, my parents aren't big drinkers, but, like, it's, it's, it's strange. It's very different. Like, we would have easily motored through, like, four or five bottles of red with a group of kind of ten yeah. people. Every single time that we ha- mm. had a roast, and it's just, it's no longer really feels, and that's not, they're not being kind to me or you. It's just mm. people don't want to spend their weekends um, inebriated as mm. much, yeah. perhaps. That's how it feels to me, anyway. I, I always describe like sobriety as a little bit like taking a limitless pill. Because yeah. you just you become you feel is unstoppable. However, I don't also you become as good looking as Bradley Cooper. <laughs> oh, I hope so. With them eyes, <laughs> yeah. um, but I, I also don't think we should glamorize sobriety to the extent where it can be tough. Like when you mm. talked about growth, growth is tough. Mm. Like mm. being alone. Like the most difficult thing for me at first was being alone with myself all the time, my own thoughts, and like having to face yourself every single day. Mm. Like there's a lot of growth that comes from that, but it's not always easy as well. Yeah. So I think sometimes when we talk about sobriety, I think over time, yes, it becomes a super superpower but there is that kind of like constant growth like do you know what I mean and I think in order to balance that you need to find out like you need to find like natural ways to be able to calm down switch off and finance which is something I've not fully mastered Mm. yet what did any of you ever need like proper help and support 
in the form of rehab or anything like that? Um, not not rehab, but I've had a therapist now for years, but he never um, ever told me not to drink. Yeah, he ne- he didn't believe in that. And to be fair, I made the most progress when I took it into my own hands and didn't drink. I was like, <laughs> why didn't you tell me? Um, but yeah, I've always had a therapist for like eight years. I think everybody should have a therapist. I think it's so important to go in there and just Who talk to them. you offload on? Uh, that's yeah. what I mean. And someone's like kind of completely objective as well. Um, but I didn't know. I didn't. I, that's what I mean. That's why I don't really define myself as an alcoholic in that sense because I didn't mm. ever have to go to rehab or anything like that. But I don't really know the answer to that. If it, mm. It's the first thing I say to friends of mine who, who have therapy, like when they're telling me about problems in their life or whatever, mm. I always just say to them straight away, it's like, are you drinking at the moment? And they're just like, well, yeah, like, you know, I'll have the odd drink like here and there. And I'm just like, well, stop doing that and, and go to your therapy because mm. it will help. Mm. It's, it's like your mind is a completely different thing with or without alcohol. Like mm. for me, it was a, a, a whopping great big difference. Like the things that I was able to go out and the goal, go out and achieve, sorry, like, you know, in my own thing, not not on a global scale or whatever, but just like the things I was able to do with my time and the focus that I was, you know, able to achieve sober versus when I used to drink all the time was like two completely different people. Like they wouldn't, Mm. the people wouldn't even like each other. Like like this person here would have no time for this person here. Like I'd have no time (laughs) for this chat. I wouldn't care at all what this guy had to say. Like, you know, and I, I would, we, if we met, if time were warped, and I met myself five years ago, I would have nothing. You would not want to hang out with I'd yourself. have nothing to say to that person. I had to oh. hang out with that person for ages. <laughs> <laughs> but that's so funny he said. Beyond repair, they say. Yeah, yeah. I'd literally just look at you and say, you know what, mate, you're a bit past it. I think there's no help. I think, uh, do you find people prefer you since you gave up drinking? Oh, 100%. Yeah, 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 yeah. To the point where it annoyed me the other night. I went out. <laughs> And they were like, basically, now I'm so like, you were basically just saying, yeah, do you remember that time when you did that? And, you just, yeah, yeah. and I thought he liked me. He was like, honestly, man, I couldn't stand you. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, yeah, I can tell you now, can't you? Because you're yeah. over it. I was like, yeah, you can, but this hurts a little yeah, bit. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's just mad how in the space, literally, literally in the space of six months, I went from being um, the ultimate like party boy and being like the craziest guy in a night out to launching my own wellness brand, getting in the best shape of my life. And it was, and I, I always could like envision it. Like even today, I kind of said this is pretty like crazy. This because even when I was struggling with my relationship to alcohol, I was filming like content, trying to tell my story because I thought there's so many people mm. like us, especially back mm. then, and there wasn't enough voices, and people didn't understand. They were like, just sort it out, Scott. You can do something about it. But imagine telling someone who can't handle drink in a world where everybody expects you to drink, yeah, to sort your head out. Like I was constantly conflicted because. Everywhere I went, if you got a, if you got a new job, if it was your birthday, if someone died, everybody you just got drunk. That was our culture. Mm. Yeah. And then you're saying, well, you just kind of saw it out. It's like I, I couldn't. How and do you avoid that temptation, though? I think avoiding te- temptations, it's about channeling your energy into different areas. For me, it was like getting first step for me was getting in the best shape of your life. Like that's yeah. that because I think that then just like make, forces you into areas, uh, other areas, and gives you that kind of all that energy you've got if you focus to get in the best shape of your life. And then that means you're going to have a clear mind, you're going to be optimized. Um, but I think avoiding temptation, I don't actually think that's a long term way to live. I mm. think you've got to kind of throw yourself into those different environments yeah. in order to get those skills. I think if you cannot, like I've got a couple of mates now and I, I love watching them. It's the first year they're going sober and they're just like tunnel vision doing triathlons doing this yeah. and, and it's all great. Yeah. I get it and, and it's part of the journey, but it's not also real life, yeah. if that makes sense. What about you, Millie? Because you, you're sober for nearly six years. Yeah. So like you do avoid it. Yeah, I think 
like you said, I, I do throw myself into situations. I try not to avoid it because I think that way you can sometimes make it scarier than it is. Like I mm. hear a lot of people that stop drinking and then they're like, oh, I'm not going to go out for like six months. And when it comes to going out, they're like, oh God, I've like left it so long now. I think you can overthink it. But yeah, I think like non-alcoholic options are so good. Like I'm so happy that that kind of arena is expanding because I just think yeah. so much of drinking is habit like it'll be like oh Friday night after work it's a habit go and open the fridge crack open a bottle of wine to have those alternatives you can do the same habit but you're yeah. just changing what's in your glass I think didn't you do a same. sober disco yes yeah, <gasps> what was dry, that like dry disco we've got another one in December so we do an dry alcohol free uh, club night at Ministry of Sound which is so how does that unfold like what happens well, that's the thing everyone walks I'm surprised I let you do it because they make so much money off the booze yeah well they're, they're really, <laughs> is it a I daytime think, disco it is it is Clean Cone needs to yeah. sponsor this. Yeah. 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 yeah, and and we need DJs. As well. yeah. <laughs> there you go, I'm in. Yeah. Everybody's need someone on the dance floor. Yeah. We're all going. And I'll be on it. Ideal. If you'd have walked in there at the last one, you would have no idea that the people there were not drinking. Like, and don't get me wrong. First of all, everyone comes in terrified. Like they're walking in, like, oh my god. Whereas normally people will come into a club, like yeah. having had a healthy amount of pre-drinks. These people come in and they're like, I was steaming if I even got there. A few hours <laughs> later, they are dancing. One girl took her top off. She was dancing around in a bra I was like, it's the best I ever like I think people just settle in <laughs> situations. Good. Yeah, we did. We, we did a sober party that in the one. box. And yeah, like, you know, we really, had, it was we had wild. Like, we had like, there was a lot of ping pong balls. I heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. About. we yeah. had like 300, 400 people or something, and like it was a dry, completely dry bar. Wow. And like people were like completely on one, you know. Yeah, they were. Was, I remember that actually. It was. Well, Do you think of course I remember but it. But it comes it back good. to then strength in numbers. Then so obviously you used to drink because that's what everybody did. But if you go into an environment where everyone's kind of sober. Maybe that makes you feel more comfortable just yeah. to be you anyway. Yeah. yeah. And I think we give a lot of credit to alcohol. I think you're like, oh, you know, I'll have this drink and then I'll ease into the situation. But I've been to so many like non-alcoholic events now that actually it just, you ease into any situation once you get comfortable with your surroundings. Like I'm sure when we all got here, like we're all way more comfortable now than when we first got here. Yeah. But we give that credit to the alcohol, but actually it's just getting used to the people you're with and your surroundings and you just like, everyone starts getting chattier and louder and it continues just... Going up it, I think it comes down to confidence in your own skin, though. Yeah. Does that do make you find, sense? Do you, do you think, though, that life is less exciting without it? Uh, I was saying this before, though, wasn't <laughs> I? Like, so, some of my, my craziest stories. <laughs> no, no, because I'm conflicted because, yeah. <laughs> I do, I, like I said, when I sit down with all my pals and we talk about the good times, like, even today I barely laugh like some of the stuff that we got up to. I don't have those same moments now, and I don't yeah. think it's a bad thing. Like, But... <laughs> I'm still not drawn to go back to it, but at the mm. same time, is it's a different kind of excitement. But is it real excitement? Like, is it really like, like was I actually? Because I was so like inebriated me when I was drinking. Like, do I? Yeah. Do, do, was that even me? Like, is that even real? Fun? Is it art? Is it artificial fun? Like, yeah. I don't know. The weekends used to be it must have been very different. What do you? How do you spend your weekends now? Mine kind of look the same, just not as like partying as hard I think yeah. and waking up the next day being really hungover I think I just pack more in but would you be still going out till like 2 in the morning with your friends uh, no not always but if it's like someone's Hindu or a birthday then I'll happily like do it I think yeah. I just have more time like there's more now in the day my my weekends were just purely evening based it was all revolving yeah. around getting ready for the evening whereas now I do the evening and then I wake up you live for the mornings like, now yeah, yeah you have a whole day like you just get so much you get up time. at 8 and you're like oh my god it's so nice yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like you I'm constantly like 
my brain it just doesn't switch off so I'm always trying new things to get myself to switch off and I think rather than choosing like one thing I'm like this is the thing that helps me switch off I'll just try everything mm. so I'm like this weekend I'm going to try paddleboarding and see how that goes next week I'm going to try like white water rafting and see mm. how that goes like I don't think it's necessarily oh, I need to find my one thing I'll just do different things mm. that that I find helpful because it's like a constant exploration of things that help you switch off mm. yeah do you still find a pressure off people you probably don't know because you've been sober so long but a pressure to to drink not off my friends it always comes off strangers like if i'm in a bar or someone comes over and speaks to me that it's, it's always strangers that have the negative reactions and obviously yeah. of what i do is talking about it constantly all the like negative comments are from strangers it's more it's more a reflection a, a negative reflection of them though yeah. i think yeah, than, but I, I was that you. person as well, so I don't yeah. take it to heart. I was, I was the person yeah. who was uh, always like, drink no, yeah, drink more, like, <laughs> do it quicker. So now when people say it to me, I'm like, because mm. a lot of it for me was like, I want everyone else to be as drunk as I am so they don't notice yeah. how drunk I am. So when pe- I'm really able to, like, detach if people do say negative things. It just, honestly, it doesn't even, like... Nobody, if they're a close friend of yours, should take any issue with yeah. you trying to drink less alcohol or mm. not drink at all. So, like, if you're somebody that is sober curious or who's trying to give up drinking, if you have close friends who are getting in the way of that, that I would say is a really bad sign for that friendship. Ah, yeah, mm. makes sense. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Like, like when I it used to be a big problem for me, right? So it's not like. I just decided, oh, hey, I'm going to drink less. Like, it was kind of like, I had to drink less. I would have lost you, I think. Mm-hmm. I would have lost work. I would have lost, I could have lost, my, I could have, could have died, right? Like, mm-hmm. not to be overly dramatic, but, like, that's the kind of way that that excessive drinking, drinking on your own can take you. And so you make you make the choice, you make the decision. And there wasn't a single person in my immediate group who thought that that was lame, because I think they yeah. were all worried for me anyway. Mm. You know, so it's kind of it was kind of it was kind of music it was kind of music to their ears. I had a lot of disbelief. Like, oh, okay, mate, like cool. Your mate. dad kept being like, because yeah, his dad, dad didn't get being, like, Do you want a glass of champagne? Do you want a glass of wine? I'm like, <laughs> I'm sober. Like, like, like every single time I'd see him, like, like we'd be at something, and he'd be like, are you, are you having a glass? Like. I've been sober for three years. Wow. Like, I haven't drank alcohol in three years. So Why would I have true. a glass of champagne yeah. with you now? Although I would now. Do you still, like, that's the, the comment I get. Are you still not drinking? I mean, the emphasis on the still. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I still get that. But that's because I think I did go sober and then, like, kind of went back to yeah. the dark side. Um, did you find when you went back to the dark side, did you go back as hard as you were or had you figured out a no, better No, I didn't path? go as, as hard as I did, but every time I drink, drank, the lows were horrific. Yeah. Even when I didn't do anything wrong, like this, like I remember I was in Tulum and I went out. I had this best night out ever, and I, and then I used to hate myself the next day because I'd become someone different and I'd upset people. But I went on this night out. I was in control. I was like pleasant to be around. I had no. But the next day I was like rock bottom, full of anxiety. I was like, my body's just saying, Scott, like this isn't for you anymore. Yeah. And I don't know if it's necessarily like. My body, but almost like my conscience telling me, like, if you want to get to where you want to get to. Mm. And literally, as in one year being sober, I achieved probably more than I did in 10 years. Mm. Yeah. Like, honestly, like my life changed that quickly. And again, this year has been the same. Uh, and it's just, I think, like I, just, like I mentioned before, I just want to get to a certain milestone in my life where I go, I've at least reached my potential. And I also think it sounds like cheesy, but like, I think... I've got this platform and everything. I've got to kind of share my story. It's yeah. weird because, like I said, I was even filming content when I was still drinking, thinking, I wish people would know what I'm going through right now. Um, yeah. And I think, yeah, it's just kind of like the mission I'm on. Well, it's funny because so much of the younger generation, um, it's nearly a third of 16 to 20 year olds don't drink at all. Mm. Like, none of them. Mm. Why do you think that I don't, is? I swear. Like, so, like, for example, even when 
Um, I first came out of Love Island in 2016, right? I remember it was still cool to be out on your social stories, Instagram, posting bottles and everything yeah. else. When do you ever see that anymore? Never. You will not see any of these youngsters now. Or anyway, it's almost like I went to a club but don't even say I was there. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Whereas it's kind of changed. And I think the youngsters now are being fed about kind of like, like almost like self-development, get your business when you're young, which I don't necessarily think is completely positive because I think they should enjoy like their youth as well. But yeah, I just think it's massively changed now. And um, we've kind of been part of that kind of, that the, that generational cross, if that makes sense. Yeah. I do it's think because everything is so online. Yeah. You know, it's just kind of like, do you want to put, you? most people on social media want to put their best foot forward and being drunk isn't your best foot forward. No. Right, so it's not like entertaining anymore to be drunk, really. It kind of looks more... Uh, like it's like hindrance. smoking like you'd never yeah. go out like anyone if I see someone smoking in the street I'm like oh I don't know why it's yeah. like it's not I feel like there's no real pressure on people to drink anymore I even think with all of us I think that the pressure is less it's not like you go to work all day and then you go to the pub straight after it, it not everybody does that <laughs> so, what we're seeing as well is a lot of young girls that come to our meetups have been put off by their parents drinking because they're coming at like 18, 19 their parents are like 40, 45, they've gone through that like really heavy mm. debt drinking generation. So first mm. of all, to them, it's not cool because their parents do it. And secondly, a lot of them have seen parents that have had kind of destructive drinking. So that's put yeah. them off as well. Do, that's do, a lot do you also not think that they're not socialising as much as we did because everything's like free um, being connected online so they're not actually getting together in like, phys- like physically as much as you used to because I think mm. I heard as well that they're not having like as much sex and stuff like that at a certain age and I just think like we use it as a social lubricant yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like this conversation we're having now, like it's so rare when you do podcasts because I often just sit in quite an intense environment yeah. I mean I do one with my brothers I'm like we never talk like this. <laughs> do you know what I mean? We yeah. feel like we're on a date whenever we do our Yeah, we're yeah. like, wow, we've got all this free time ourselves. <laughs> an hour and a half to have a chat. Yeah. So I think, like, obviously the youngsters aren't socialising like like we did. And, and in order to socialise, we probably use that as a social lubricant to kind yeah. of make it a lot smoother. But I think there's loads of different factors. That's probably, that's probably why we were having more sex back then. Yes. It was like, yeah. You just had that alcohol to kind of... 100%. Um, <laughs> just, just, I, I didn't have any sex. I didn't have any sex before I, I, you. I think we have plenty of sex. No, there's no sex before no, and no, before no, no, there's plenty. That is brilliant. Plentiful. Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a good relationship. Um, Scott, you, you uh, inspired your mom to quit drinking. How did you do that? Do you know what? That's probably my proudest achievement because my mum... She hates me saying this, but I'll just say how it is. Like, she, <laughs> tough luck, man. She was drinking every night. Like, as a kid, I remember coming in, and she wasn't like she, I, I would call her. Um, I can't even say she hates me calling this. Actually, I, I would say she was functioning. Like, she'd basically just have. It wasn't like a big problem, but every night I'd come in. Up, my memory of my mum was she was sat there with a glass of wine every night, uh, watching the soaps and everything else, and she did that for like twenty odd years. And when I went sober, um, for some reason, at the same time, she said, "I'm going to do it with you." And I was like, oh, okay, mum, like, because I just thought it's like it's impossible because it's such yeah. a long habit. And anyway, I did my year. She did it alongside me, and then she stayed sober. She's now three and a half years uh, like really? sober, and she is glowing. Like when I say, oh, sorry, you're all glowing by the <laughs> way. No, no, my, my, I noticed you're saying. Thank you. My <laughs> mum has knocked like twenty years off her. Like, uh, like honestly, she looks unbelievable. She's so much better to be around. She's a better grandmother. She's just oh, like that is probably my proudest achievement. Like yeah. because. 
I did try and do it with my brother Adam, but he lasted six weeks. <laughs> That's not the worst. He, six weeks he, no, case, then. he actually, yeah. I don't know what I'm talking about. He actually puts it on his Instagram when he's going to do it and literally deletes it like the next week. <laughs> I did that on my podcast and I swear to God, I drank more. I was like, I'm giving up alcohol. And then I was like, oh God, I was hungover two days later. I was like, damn it, I shouldn't have said anything. <laughs> Last question, this is for all of you. What advice or words of encouragement would you like to give a sober, curious person that might be intimidated by all of this? Keep us all Ooh. sober. Um, I would say, first of all, set yourself um, a long enough target, but also a realistic one. For me, three months is the sweet spot. I think in three months you can achieve a lot and you don't miss out on too much that you're probably going to think you're going to miss out on. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, again, it goes back to just make a decision with yourself that you're going to do it. Um, you've got to really mean it as well. And it sounds so simple, but if you can look yourself in the mirror and go, do you know what, this time I'm going to do this three-month period and I'm not going to just give in at the drop of a heart. I, I just think, like, you've got to be serious about it. Yeah. And it sounds so simple, but I can't articulate yeah, yeah, yeah. it as well, like... You've got to I'd mean say it. follow yeah. people like you as well who are who are all like on sober journeys in your different ways and like mm. I honestly think that that would be helpful to, mm. to see how other people are doing it yeah well that was going to be my tip was yeah. use all the resources because like we're in a really good time like we were mm. saying when I first stopped drinking there wasn't anything really now there's like books podcasts there's like blogs there's influencers there's so like many tools at your disposal like even if every day you listen to like 30 minutes of a podcast about sobriety or the next day you try a non-alcoholic option like mm. just keep engaging with it constantly I think is really really helpful yep um start right now so don't kind of wait for the right time and in inverted commas just just start it you'll you won't regret it um as Millie said there's loads of fantastic alternatives uh outside of my business uh, <laughs> as, as well but there, there are so many ways of, of keeping the exact same habits that you have always had if you're a gin and tonic drinker mix yourself for gin and tonic just use a non-alcoholic gin you might love it um, and you might find that it's that ritual that you love and not necessarily the alcohol um, if you are thinking about drinking less there is a reason for that so drinking is a personal thing and if you're feeling that you should lift your foot off the gas a bit, then that's probably a sign to lift your foot off the gas a bit. So I wouldn't wait. I'd get stuck in and I'd enjoy all of the numerous benefits that sobriety, uh, also sober curiosity, has to offer. Well, thank you all very much. Oh, thank, thank you. I've enjoyed it. Thank You've inspired you. me. Oh, Gonna do it again. This yeah. is my accountability. And that's the end of another fantastic episode of Taboo Talk. We really hope you enjoyed it. Thank you so much to my amazing guests for being up for this conversation. Millie Gooch, Scott Thomas, and of course, Spenno. Uh, If you enjoyed this app, please do rate, review, and subscribe. Or if you're watching us on YouTube, please do like, comment, and subscribe because it really helps. Until next time. 